Hello and welcome back to another edition of the Two Halves Soccer Podcast. My name is Jackson. Uh, we're going to be talking a little bit about match day number 10 in the MLS. Um, but before we do that, let me introduce, introduce my two co-hosts today. I got Kirby sitting to the right of me. Kirby, how are you doing? I'm doing well. How about yourself? Oh, I'm doing pretty good. Coming off a great match day. Uh, then I also got Mike across the table from me. Mike, how are you doing? Hey, Jackson. Happy to be here. Thank you. Awesome. So like I said, and like we said last time we were hosting this, uh, we do have a two-week gap since our last record, so we're probably going to be mixed in a little match day nine with match day 10 here and there. Uh, but this past weekend, we had match day 10. So what did, what did you all take away? What did you all like? I was happy at winning the weekly gambling that we all do, so I'm expecting payment uh, when possible. I know Kirby's still pending. That might be processing for a while. All no, good. No, you, I enjoyed uh, week Mike, 10 a lot. Oh, go ahead. Mike, you haven't asked for it yet. Once, <laughs> once you ask, I'll pay you. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, so non-gambling related, what do we all like from match day 10? Or do you want me to start kicking off? Nashville, Atlanta. That game was pretty great. It got us off to a good start. Uh, Nashville 1-3-1. Atlanta kind of struggled in the final third a little bit, but it was a good game. Sporting. Yeah, more of the same. Anytime you watch an Atlanta game, you always think they're going to come back and win in the last minutes. They've and, done that and, multiple yeah, times. And even watching this game, I think they gave up a goal when they were uh, trying to counter yeah. in the like 91st minute. So it even felt like you're like, oh, watch this. They might tie it. Then they might get another one, and then they lose 3-1. But, you know, that's how things go. For sure. The Sunday game was good as well. Yeah, that's one thing I'm so glad Apple is doing now are these Sunday time slots. I noted that down. This is just awesome for viewing. Just a single game on Sunday night. You can sit down, relax after a long weekend, and just watch some soccer. Um, I mean, have some have some thoughts about Minnesota-Dallas, but that wasn't quite the game you would want on a Sunday night. But, I mean, it's, it's a great time slot, and I hope MLS keeps running that uh, Sunday night game. Absolutely. It can go against the NFL coming up. Yeah, and I mean, right now it's going against baseball, so that's not going to be too hard to beat. Very true. Yeah, I, I watched the Nashville-Atlanta game. I was, uh, you know, I selected Atlanta. I wanted them to win. Caleb Wiley fan. Um, Miles Robinson fan. Um, it's pretty crazy that Miami beat Columbus. That yeah. was very crazy. I know they're shopping for a coach as well. Um. I think it's pretty cool to see DC doing well. Yeah, that's one thing I noted too. I mean, let's we got to talk about Wayne Rooney more on this because he seems like he's really shaping up to be a good coach. In the month of April, they only had one loss and they're on a four game win streak right now. So DC's looking, uh, they're climbing up the ladder of the Eastern Conference and we'll see what happens, but they're looking great right now. Yeah, last week I actually said put some respect on Wayne's name. Yep, yep. So. He didn't have a good first year. This year no. is He just needed to good. find a good drinking bar, and I think he found that. So now he's he's relaxed, he's finding his groove, and you know, he's gonna get into it. There, his bar is close to his house, so when he drives <laughs> home. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, uh, they're sitting number seven, so that's pretty good. Yeah, that's a playoff spot. Um and climbing, so that's good. Um one other game that was really fun to watch, New England Cincy. Uh I saw I believe it's like the first matchup through the first matchup in MLS history where two teams were over 20 points uh, through 10 games or at 20 points in one conference. And it's the first time that's ever happened, which is, I mean, watching this game was fun. Both these teams are very exciting. 
I really thought New England was going to get a goal. I felt like they had a lot of great opportunities to get that second goal um, and really get the W here. I mean, we know I've been a big fan of New England this year, so I was a little disappointed with the draw, but, you know, it was a fun game to watch. Yeah, that was kind of my two questions was um, Atlanta, Nashville. I was like, that game could go either way. Then New England, Cincinnati. Yeah. Like, that game can go either way as well. So both those teams, um, Cincy and New England, have 21 points. And in the West, um, Sounders have 20. St. Louis has 19. So, yeah. Yep. Um, so I think it's a good time to transition to uh, one of our recurring bits. This is our coldest moment of the week. What What do you really want to highlight? One single play um, from this past week where that really stood out to you as just great play from one of the players. Or I can take this one if we if you want me to start. Um, so I went, uh, and I think a couple of us might do this. And uh, in, in NWSL, the Women's Soccer League highlight one of the players um bella bixby the goal keeper for the portland thorns got a game tying back heel flick on the last play of the game they brought her up for a corner set piece falls to her foot and just sends it oh it doesn't really send it but heels it to the back of the net and gets a game tying goal three three portland uh just a hell of a of a thing to see you love seeing the goalie goals at least i do as a goalkeeper and then yeah, when I was looking this up, I just read some more on Bella Bixby. I was just really um, amazed by some of the stuff she's doing. Uh, we'll link it in the show notes, but the Portland Tribune did a great piece on her earlier this or earlier last year, uh, where not only is she playing in the NWSL actively, but she is also coaching a high school team and pursuing her masters at the same time. Uh, just incredible stuff. As, and there's also some more backstory about her personal journey to get to where she is, but that's a, a, a great piece of reading if you want to spend a few minutes learning about a, a great women's player right now. That's nice. Maybe we'll link that in the show notes. Uh, I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with the Binias brace for Casey Curran. I went to that game on Sunday and she got the place rocking in the second half. Uh, Brazilian, I believe she's a midfielder, but boy, she was in the right place at the right time in the second half for the Casey Curran. Uh, and then I had another one, too. Uh, the second leg of the CONCACAF uh, Champions League was last night, and that was a great game. Uh, had a, just an incredible atmosphere. You know, all the, the it played like a rivalry game, just the teams leaving everything out on the field. Um, the matchup was LAFC and Philadelphia, and it was a strange setup because of the way these rules work with ties and such, but... Uh, LAFC was up 1-0, but there's this whole goal, um, where you score your away goals matter. So starting the second leg, LAFC gets up one, uh, but they really needed to score another one uh, because of the way this rule worked um, to really lock down the the victory. And it ended up being LAFC's game anyway, but the second goal came from Apoku, who just got a rebound, or actually he was played in and just smashed it high and Mm -hmm. got the got the goal for the LAFC to move on to the Champions League final. And then that other semifinal game, I guess, is tonight. So we'll learn who wins that between Lyon and Tigres. Tigres. All right, Kirby, what's your moment of the week? Yeah, so I really wanted San, Ho- San Jose to win this game. But um, they are playing Austin. And it looks like uh, San Jose scored first in the 21st min- 
21st min- minute, if I can talk. Uh, and I think Austin responded in the 40th minute. Um, anyways, San Jose scores again in the 75th, and Tarusi scores in the 78th. Anyway, uh, previously I thought Austin was a good team last year, but I think they're kind of struggling a little bit, and you know I thought San Jose would respond. Um, I think San Jose lost their Open Cup game, so I thought maybe yeah. they would respond with a win. Yeah, and what's I think we all sort of believe that Austin would continue to be good this year, but I think it's easy to get caught up in like, oh, you were good last year. Uh, but remembering the year before that, they were also pretty bad. Yeah. Uh, so maybe last year was a bit fluky. Uh, but, you know, they have the rest of the year to try to find their form, and um, they're still in a spot to grab a playoff spot. So we'll see what they can yeah. turn out. Uh, I just – do you guys think Josh Wolf is a good manager? I know he was assistant coach for the United States. Um, do you guys have any opinion there? Um, Not necessarily. I mean, I think he's fine. I mean, I think he – I also like the players that he has to, to work with, so I, I'm not quite sure – What's going on? What, where I should evaluate his skill set? I think that just you know take a little bit more watching Austin specifically, which I'm not very keen to do at the moment. But um, unless they're playing someone I want to watch, I, I don't really focus too much on Austin FC. Great. But that's just me. It seems like they either win by a couple goals or they get smoked. Yeah, yeah, they're they're kind of struggling this year. I think their inaugural year is when uh, Beasler actually. Won. Yeah. It was his first and last season. (laughs) Yep. Somewhere else. So. Yep. But uh, we all, we can all see him now at Chicken and Pickle. So it all worked out for the best, right? That's correct. Um, So, yeah. uh, Speaking of coaches, I think that's a a pretty good segue to one of our first segments of this week. Um, So, like I said at the top of this, this was match day number 10, really 10 weeks into the season. Uh, we have yet to have a coach uh, get sacked in the MLS. Um, historically, I'm not quite sure how that ranks as far as seasons go, but of recent note, I feel like I can remember a few coaches being fired pretty quickly into a season. Uh, whether it was their like first, second, or third year, uh, I still believe that we're getting kind of late and getting into the game where coaches are now on the hot seat. So I proposed a question uh, before we all met up listing some of the most likely candidates of how we think or who we think is in the hottest seat. Um, Before we get started, I'll just list off who I submitted to our group uh, to discuss. First and foremost, as you could predict, being from Kansas City, we have Peter Vermees. And I I will say right now, this is in no particular order other than just how I remember names. Uh, So we have Peter Vermees in the... In here, we have Greg Vanny of LA Galaxy. We have Gerard Struber of New York Red Bull. We have Bob Bradley of Toronto FC. We have Herman Lazada of uh, CF Montreal. And then I also just put the field so you can take any other coach. Uh, You don't have to even specify. If you want the field, you can take the field. Uh, But from the rumors kicking around, uh, these five coaches seem to be the most likely to be in some heat. So um, there's... A couple different ways we could structure this, but I thought one way that would be fun is we go work backwards, starting from number six of who we think will all throw out our number six and sort of talk about it and continue down the list and see sort of how we match up here. So 
Uh, I guess I'll kick it over to Kirby. Um, you can take it away. Who's who's your number six right now? Um, God, that's that's kind of tough. I um, I actually kind of think it's. Um, I think Bob Bradley's the least likely to go. I was checking the standings, and I think he's doing decent. Uh, is this his second year in Toronto? I believe he's been there since 2021, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, he got hired as both the coach and sporting director. Um, that group didn't like the Burmese. Yeah, so. yeah. Um, it's 2022, I think. Because okay. uh, the LAFC finished 2021 with him. Oh, did they finish the season? With I thought they might have fired him mid-season, then Toronto picked him up. But, um, yeah, I, I I think I'm going to agree. I also had Bob Bradley, number six. Um, I, I was kind of shocked looking at rumors, you know, scouring the depths of the internet before this, reading Twitter, some MLS articles that his name was even listed. Uh, but it was constantly... And one thing that I think provides insulation is like I mentioned at the top of this is that he is both sporting director and the manager, which will allow the ownership to give him some sort of flexibility and more, more runway than I think other coaches are going to be getting. Uh, and I mean, he also just is such a historic coach in the MLS terms, but he coached in the world cup in 2010. Yeah. That's correct. Yep. Uh, so Mike, who do you have at number six there? Uh, I have some, things listed out here i actually also have bob bradley i just think he's not as horrible as some people really dislike him and yeah. I, maybe it's because his, his son or there's like the nepotism aspect of that yeah. but michael bradley also plays on the team <laughs> yeah maybe it's because they're bald people that hate him that's right Just anyway two. uh they are scoring goals they've won a few games um, yeah um they're not in a terrible spot there's not in a great spot right now uh, so I think let's kick it off to our number five seed. Uh, Kirby, do you want to kick that one off? Who do you have at number five? Um, I actually think um, I think the Montreal coach has some time. Oh, yeah, you got uh, Hernan Lozada. Yeah. Um, you know, that's, that's kind of my opinion. I kind of think he has some time. Um, they beat SKC. Um, <laughs> Tough to do these days. Yeah. Let's see where they're at. I believe that was their first win of the season or second win of the season. Okay. Carries so much weight. Yeah, so that's uh, yeah. that's kinda of, they're thirteenth. Uh they have nine points. Um so anyway, that's kind of that's kind of my opinion there. I yeah. don't know too much about him, but Yeah. Um I believe he's Argentinian. Okay. Um, someone might want to check that, but uh some South American. Um I'll, I'll share some thoughts that I have on him, um, but he is not my fifth. Uh, number five, I'm just taking the field. I think um, there has to be a coach out there. I don't think many of them are actually on the hot seat that we don't list, so I'm putting the field pretty low on this one. Uh, I put Gerhard Struber for number five. Uh, the New York Red Bulls actually beat Columbus, so that's a good win. And they're—I don't believe they're out of play because remember they expanded the playoffs. Yeah, so top no, nine. Yep, top, top nine. nine. And yeah. I believe they're still okay. I mean, they're not. They're fifteenth. Oh, <laughs> yeah. oof, right. You get together, Mike. Yep, good to get my yep. get back check. <laughs> All right, so I mean that's uh, we'll have a pretty interesting aggregate right now. Um, so let's go into our number four, Kirby. You want to kick that one off too? Man, um. 
I kind of think um, I I actually think Vermees is in the three to four position. I was really shocked that um, were you guys surprised at all that there's no movement? We have not won a game. Um, yeah. Um, so were you guys surprised at all that nothing came out on that Monday or anything? Not really. I think I'm putting I, – I also have Peter Vermees at number four. I think, honestly, it's pretty safe for him as well. I don't think – ownership is looking for a change. Um, he also has the insulation of being the director as well. But also the, the media in KC has never really been – the type to aggressively ask questions or put the pressure on the coach in, in the, from a media perspective, which we see from markets like LA or New York who are so apt to do uh, regardless of the sport. But not only that is that it seems that our ownership has become very complacent and a change from Peter Vermees is a change for a lot of aspects of our culture, which they aren't apt to do. And I think, do I think Peter Vermees is like the worst coach on this list? Yeah, probably. But I think he's is not in a very hot seat right now. And I think whatever that says about the SKC ownership group um, isn't good. Yeah, I can see him three or four. I think, you know, we are playing Seattle next game. Yeah. We're going to get smoked. Yeah. Um, I don't – yeah, I – I could see this going either way. I don't think it's sustainable, and um, you know that's my opinion. Yeah, pretty big. But tough, my tough conversation. Uh, ownership needs to do something. I feel yeah. like they should. But. I, I was thinking. I was like, are they trying to sell the team or whatnot? They're not involved at all, and I've just kind of heard other stuff. Um, so yeah, all that. It's like the mindset, if you don't do anything, you can't make a mistake, but then at the yeah. other end, you're like... But then you're not winning. Yeah, but... In the games away, right? Uh, to Seattle? Yeah. Um, because they played us yes. at our place. Yeah. Um, and I was... The reason why I brought that up, because I was like, I wonder how many people are showing up to the games. So In Kansas City? Yeah. Oh, we're still selling out. That's... that's yep. Our MLS uh, attendance is at 100% capacity this year. Um, that I mean, the, I'm sure the home opener sold a little bit above capacity, so there's leeway. But I mean, still kind of shocking. So our stadium's only like eighteen five hundred. It's not very big, even in terms of MLS stadiums. But yeah, uh, I noticed that on the telecast or television uh, Saturday that the stadium was not full. I also heard people at the game was not a fun game to be at, given the circumstances. Understandable. Yeah. Um, but I, I agree with you. It seems like actually, I think that there's a chance that maybe someone could step in just because of all the, what Casey Curran is doing. Maybe this has no factor into it, but it is such a contrast just given. Yeah. So maybe there's a chance if, if another loss or another couple loss comes, maybe, maybe someone's talking to who knows what the yeah, Mahomes I, factor I think, is. I think you'd be gone if they have the five year lead. Because it's inked, they have mm -hmm. to pay him regardless. Yeah. So he's just uh, going to be here all season? Yeah, I, I kind of think so. I don't want him to, but. Yeah, and I, I wonder if it's um, upside getting rid of him or 
doing some type of restructure and hopefully win some games. Um, yeah, so anyway. What do you think yeah. about the argument that says, oh, if he if we fire him, he's just going to go somewhere else and, like, start the same – and it's like at this I'm point, not, oh, I, I'm not scared of that. I think uh, people have said that though. I've said that in the past. And, and, I'm not I, of that. and I think for our non-sporting KC fans listening to this, I think you should be really thankful that he did not take the USA job. Um, I think we as KC fans need to be given a lot more praise for saving U.S. soccer um, in that regard, because I cannot imagine him being a sporting director for the U.S. men's national team. I and plus too. Yeah, and he'd he got, be the coach. He, he got, <laughs> yeah, he, he got the interview, but. There's a lot of people interviewing. Yeah, position. yeah. I don't know if get it. Some weird spin coming out of that too, like, oh, he turned that job down. Yeah. Turn turn the interview down just to eat the deal. Yeah. Almost, we're almost the terms. Absolutely like that, so. wild. Um. So I guess we can keep moving on this list. Um, I'll kick it off my number three. So this is where, um, I had Hernan Lozada for CF Montreal. Um, I kind of think he's on a short leash. Looking at Montreal's history, they turn over coaches pretty quick. They are not hesitant to uh, – I think they're still looking for that first coach who really sets their sort of culture. They've been running through coaches, and I, I think that indicates ownership is always in this sort of win-now mentality that he's not winning. Um, he beat SKC. That's not tough to do, but he needs to do something else, and I don't think they have that in him as a team. So, I wouldn't be surprised if he gets fired. Um, I, you know, it's maybe not the right thing to do, given maybe Montreal needs a longer leash with their coaches, but I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, he's from Argentina. Um, he was actually at DC United before this. Yeah. Um, so when he took his job. I know uh, Terry Henry did a short stint there as well. So yeah, in Montreal. Yeah, uh, I'll go next. Uh, so I'm gonna put Greg Van- Vanny on that list because, or on, as my number three. Yeah. Seems like, uh, just like Montreal, that Galaxy tends to go through coaches as well. Mm-hmm. And man, the ownership. And the management and himself, like, all seem to be – the guy's kind of a windbag, too. It just seems like it's not going to be around. Yeah, he definitely has a short fuse with the media. I mean, you know, maybe that's part of the L.A. media market, but it seems like every three or four weeks he's, like, yelling at the media, doing something outlandish where it's like, I have never seen a coach do this. Um, yeah, yeah, just as an organization, the Galaxy – is not the best. Um, yeah, seems like everyone's in the hot seat in that org, org right now. Yeah, it also sucks to have another team in your city that's like Good. prospering. <laughs> yeah, that uh, that can't help. Um, and, and to that regard, that's I had Greg as my second on the hot seat. I I think my top two are in. They have very short leashes, and they're gonna have to do something amazing to get out of it. I think. I mean, I think Greg Vanny will be fired by the end of the year. I, I don't think that's a question at this point anymore, unless unless the Twitch streamer really steps it up. But I don't see that happening either. Yeah, I have Greg Vanny as my number one in the hot seat. Yeah, and I have the Red Bulls coach number two. Just those two top markets, and until LAFC and NYFC came along, um, you know. 
when I think Major League Soccer, I think Red Bull and I think of LA Galaxy. And I yeah. think valuations even came out here recently. Um, and LAFC worldwide is the 17th most powerful club. And still the Galaxy is 18th, just behind them. And there's actually 18 teams in the MLS on this top 50 list. Yeah. So, yeah. crazy. Uh, Mike, who's your number one then? Uh, I'm going to go with whoever's left here on this list. <laughs> I think, I think <laughs> you have field. the field. That's You're right. taking any uh, other coach. Yeah, I'll any... do the Rapids coach. <laughs> Although he's actually, oh, yeah. I think they're on the top. They're uh, still in the playoffs. So they're actually winning some games. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of coaches that could. You never know it comes out. I mean, that's why it's a beautiful prop bet, right? You get 24 teams, I just get one. But um, Yeah, it doesn't seem like they're spending money either. You know, they're just who, doing who? Colorado. Uh, Colorado. Okay, okay. They're sitting number 12. So yeah, yeah. Better then, than us, better than the Galaxy. So then just that. Below Austin. And then I had George Struber as my number one, rounding it out. Um, I think this uh, Van Zier incident lost a lot of trust from the players. Since then, they haven't won a game. I believe in the month of April they were winless. Uh, they may have one win. And then they also had the loss to Montreal when Montreal was on a red card and they're still unable to score. They lost last week, um, or they drew last week, I, I believe. It's just not getting the results they want and the lack of trust from the players mixed with the media market of NYC being the Red Bull. It seems like you're, it, it just seems like a, like a trifecta of a bad situation for a coach where – it's you know what see you later there's no reason for you to stay around um yeah and they got a late one they got one the 89th minute i selected chicago and kai yeah. kamara i think kai kamara is going to be donovan's record for most goals in mls well, I, I i believe wanda lousy has that record yeah but he's gonna, oh, oh he's okay yeah okay you're saying move yeah. up the leader yep so, yeah speaking, oh, okay speaking of kai kamara did you hear that 2011 stat that's unbelievable yeah yeah for those who what didn't uh, the 2011 roster of Sporting Kansas City, the players who are no longer on the roster have as much goals as Sporting KC does this year. What's so funny? That is, is Kai Kamara, Teal Bunbury, and CJ, CJ Sapong. Yeah. And CJ just left Nashville, scored his first game in Toronto, I think. So it's just like, and you know, you're watching Teal Bunbury play for Nashville. It's like, yeah. all these players go somewhere else. Yeah, so. it's it's wild. Um, but as we continue to talk about coaches, I think that's a good segue to talk about our segment that is still somehow happening, our U.S. Men's National Team Coach of the Week. Um, so since the last time we have recorded, there has been some news on this front. Um, the U.S. Soccer have signed a sporting director. Matt Crocker. Yes, uh, Matt Crawford or? Crocker. I Crocker, Crocker. Wow. yeah, Matt something. Um, but we have yet to sign a coach, so we're going to keep powering through this segment. Um, I want to give you a little story about Matt Crocker. All right, let's he, hear it. Uh, believe it or not, he came over here in the summers, and he actually uh, did a camp in Lewisburg, Kansas. So, I don't even know what camp. that city is. Yeah. So anyways, um, he um, where he's had success was he was the – England coach, U15, U17, won World Cups with both those teams. Southgate's even come out and said he was instrumental. Um, he's 
he's been on the women's and the men's side, so he's um, overseeing both those, which is going to be great. Um, you know, the skill set that he's looking for the coach that I sent you guys is pretty awesome. Uh, seems sharp. Anyways, he is at Southampton currently. Um, they're not doing great, but he was looking for something else to begin with. Um, I think it's awesome that we didn't hire American to, you know, get away from this whole Giorena Burhalter yeah. thing and hire somebody from the outside. So that's my opinion. You guys can go ahead. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I don't know too much about him. I don't know that much about uh, Southampton or much of his work. So I'm not going to speak on something that I don't. Well, they're the very on. bottom team in the English <laughs> Premier League. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but Mike, Southgate has raised, you know, he's, he said he's great. And we can look at his bio, but I've watched some of his interviews. Go ahead. Yeah. Mike, I mean, do you have any thoughts on uh, Matty Boy or you want to throw out a coach? Uh, I'll throw out a coach. Gareth Southgate. <laughs> oh, nice. Uh, going yeah. for the big dog, eh? You know what? He's going to stay in England, I think. So, you know, why, why not make a I run am, at him? I am so surprised that he's actually staying there. But like you said, he's buddies with Matt Crocker. Let's go. Get him. Yeah. Um, it could happen. Yeah. The old, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of, you know, like uh, backdoor deals going on in sports world. A little, but a little su- friendly advantage. What sucks is he was interviewing Jesse Marsh and gave Jesse Marsh the coaching job at uh, Southampton. And Which anyway, didn't work my out. coach for United States is not Jesse Marsh. I cracked up when I saw the Google. (laughs) Yeah, it's like Kirby's pick is not Jesse Marsh. So any if it is anyone besides Jesse Marsh, Kirby is correct. (laughs) Yeah, I am. That's uh. uh, I think he might be right. (laughs) I with his pedigree, I'm not comfortable with having him as our coach and our players. uh, Our top players don't fit the Red Bull system. Like you know, the closest person to it. It's probably Christian Pulisic, but Pepe's not going to play it. If we get Balogun, he's not going to play it. You know, Tim Marine can't play that high line. Um, so anyways, uh, I don't think – and wherever Jesse goes, I think he's a great person, all that. He's really good with the media. But if I were him, I would not install the Red Bull system. You know, it's kind of third strike. That's part of the reason why he hasn't accepted these coaching jobs. Yeah. But, what was the reason that the Matt Crocker, Jesse Marsh, Southampton, uh, why didn't that come to fruition, him uh, coaching at Southampton? Well, he's, he's like general manager mm-hmm. at uh, Southampton. And he interviewed and Jesse Marsh. Inter- interviewing Jesse Marsh. Jesse's turned down two EPL uh, jobs. He turned it down. Uh, yeah, because it's third strike, then he's out. It's like uh, So he's just like playing it safe now as – yeah. Trying to protect his reputation. Yeah, it's you know, it's kind of the thing that Frank Lampard didn't do. You know. He still gets jobs. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Somehow. Yeah. He gets them. Uh, he loses them promptly. No matter how long we do this bit on who's the next American national coach, it'll never be Frank Lampard. <laughs> yeah, okay, so you're taking everyone but Frank Lampard. <laughs> but dude, what's funny is um you know, Steven Gerrard struggled, too. He's without work. He's been fired. He was at Aston Miller, right? So it's just like some of these top players don't become great managers. Yeah, and uh, speaking of top players, I'm going to jump to mine. 
Uh, this time I'm breaking out of the mold from U.S. men's national team players and moving on to our best friends in Belgium. Uh, the Belgian national international player Vincent Company, uh, currently the head coach for Burnley, who is going to get promoted to the EPL, um, and also the former captain of Man City and captain of the Belgian national team. I I, I mean, as far as like serious suggestions go, um, I mean, Coach K will still be my first, but I'd, I'd put Vincent seriously number two as someone we should consider. Uh, the success that Burnley has seen, but I also still like this pedigree of being a player yourself. I know you all were just saying about how that doesn't always translate to successful coaching, but I think uh, someone who has not only playing experience, but captaining experience of a place like Man City and an international squad like Belgium, who when he was on the team, I believe was ranked first in the world, um, could really bring some new thought to what American soccer can be and as far as age and development, um, I believe that would could happen past 2026 for him. Um, I think he's right on the cusp of getting um, more high-profile jobs as Burnley gets promoted. Uh, so, you know, why not give the U.S. a chance, Mr. Company, and uh, come on over? Yeah, he's also said some I, – I thought that was a good pick when I saw it on Google. Uh, he's also said he's like, you know, we're number one in the championship in English football. We're yeah. He always, he always yeah. brings it back to He's got a very holistic mindset about where he's at in this sport. Um, so I think that that rounds out our coaches for this week. We'll probably be back next week with some more. Um, probably be back next year with some more. Who knows? Um, but when, when would you guys want somebody hired? Um, probably like January 2023. I'm fi- I think I'm fi- we. I'm fine with seeing it out. So we have Nations League, then we have Gold Cup. I'm fine with kind of seeing it out through Nations League, um, but a lot of these coaches also become available in May. Yeah. So anyway, I mean, um, when they I all think, get fired from their EPL teams or out of contract. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think Jose Mourinho is out of contract. So yeah, I don't he, think we can afford him. Uh, I, I we've come back and said that um, you know wages. Um, not an issue. Yeah, not an issue. Not an so. issue. Oh, we got the FIFA uh, blackmail. That's good. Um, okay, uh, so I think we're gonna we're gonna keep on moving. Come jump back to the MLS or the local soccer. I want to highlight something that comes out every year in the news, done by AmericanSoccerAnalyst.com. Um, every year they release their state of analytics for MLS clubs. Uh, this report sort of is done in the same manner that ESPN does their state of NFL analytics, which is it gives a self-reporting survey to the analytics departments of MLS clubs who have an analytics department. Um, That is not all of the clubs. Uh, And they fill out a 15 to 20 question questionnaire about how they think analytics are being used, what teams are sort of doing their best and, um, some of how they sort of interpret that data. So I just wanted to highlight some of this, talk about some of our big takeaways. Um, and, and I can go ahead and kick this off. One, that five teams don't have analytics departments at all. Um, this is just seems astoundingly stupid to me. I don't know why an ownership group wouldn't hire an analytics department or hire an analytics-specific person immediately, but... Um, that is just me, and to no surprise, Sporting KC is one of those nine teams. 
But but rest assured, Peter Vermees has addressed this and said he is an analytics guy. He's got it covered. So add a third a third hat to the head. It's rough out there. Yeah, you know he's done some great stuff with our facilities, um, but even Academy Down, I was reading about the Blue Testament. You know they are scouting players just for Vermees's four three three. Like it's just yeah. top to bottom all Vermees. Yeah, um, I'll go. I'll go ahead and list um, so the teams voted by other teams as the least advanced in analytics. Uh, taking the cake is Minnesota and Montreal. Um, they are voted at the same level of confidence. And then we have Dallas, Portland, Charlotte, SKC, the Galaxy, RSL, and St. Louis. And this is what other teams are saying yes. about other teams. The, so the, there's this is the analytics departments. They are self-reporting this information under the guise of anonymity. So we don't know who says what, but yeah, I read the article. It was very interesting. Uh, some of the key points that I kind of thought were interesting were the just the fact that some teams have these like a person, but then they don't really make decisions based off of the analytics. Yeah, which that also seems wild. I mean, there's. Not only the question of air, the questionnaire of do you have an analytics person slash department, there's also like who is the best at utilizing their resources, which some teams do not have a lot of confidence of other teams' ability to actually utilize that, which... Um, yeah, I was really surprised to hear St. Louis is in that. Uh, yeah. Just with the Red Bull system and how well they are doing. I was actually surprised to hear Dallas was in there just with... The Hunt family and what they've done last three years. So, um, yeah, yeah, it's it's not surprising SKC's in there. Yeah, though. both just analyticless. So, Seattle at the top didn't really surprise me with Paul Allen ownership, yeah. all the technology yeah. up there. I was going to say yes. All the tech Seattle sure. teams have the most confident that their analytics department is good, and they report that they are the most influenced by the analytics. Where is LAFC in? So LAFC one we should note has a department of two people, um, which is the second best, tied with a lot of teams. Only surprisingly, only Colorado has three people Damn. or more. Uh, but LAFC they have some confidence that they use analytics from around the league. Um, as far as the percentage, this I mean you sort of have to read the article to get more of a grasp of what this yeah. means. But they have a 25% confidence compared to Seattle at the top, who is 81% uh, favorable of their analytics department. So LAFC has a 25% I confidence. I wonder where the union is there, just because the union is so prioritized on their academy. You know, they're not going to go out and yep. spend a ton of money. They're going to. So I think probably Philly's probably pretty high up there. Uh, well. I mean, Philly's uh, equivalent with LAFC, okay. uh, but I... Let me double check. Yep. Um, they have the same amount of employees as LAFC, too. So they're those two are, like, on par with each other. Yeah, I just think the scouting that LAFC does um, for their roster spots is pretty amazing. And, you know, Philly's academy um, is kind of a down year for them this year. But hopefully they pick yeah. it up now that Champions League is done for them. Yeah, interesting article. I really enjoyed reading yeah. it. Thanks for sending it, Jackson. There was uh, one w one more thing that was interesting. The hardest to evaluate position-wise and easiest. 
Mm. Um, striker and I mean the easiest was a little split up, but striker the clear favorite. Uh, CAM and winger coming in at number two. Shots on goal. Yeah. Expected goals. Yeah. They seems to um, one of the respondees summed it up very well with his quote, goal scoring, chance creation, and ball progression are all all easy to quantify, and a good 10 does all of those things, making it easy to scout. And what's hilarious is, um, you know, I put a lot of time into that San Jose-Austin game. San Jose just needed Would you say you put 90 minutes into it? a lot of time into it. All right. right. But anyway. um, We're going to cut his mic for now. Don't worry. for real. Anyways, (laughs) uh, they only need three shots on target. uh, And they got two goals from there. So, yeah. Yeah. Did you see the – they had an explanation, and it was on finishing, the concept of finishing and how that ties into analytics. Mm -hmm. Because it's tough to measure – finishing yeah. skill yeah. yeah it's um yeah i think they got about 13 to 14 shots and only three on target they mm-hmm. go in so yeah i mean there's a lot of interesting stuff in this article we 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 think it would be a great read for any soccer fans that really view and definitely people who enjoy analytics or stats nerds um i mean as we see that progression throughout north america and games like the nba and the mlb there's a lot of analysis going on around what metrics are viable and what isn't. And that conversation is starting to come over to soccer and the MLS specifically. And, MLS is late to the party overall. Uh, yeah, I mean, definitely in terms of North America, there's there's also a bit that's talking about like a, across soccer. Obviously, we're behind some of the major clubs, but it seems like we're on pace with the type of league we are. So mm. not too concerning soccer-wide there, but I definitely think there could be a bigger push for analytics in any sport we'll like, get there the big clubs in your or europe specifically england mm-hmm. good analytics i wonder about real madrid though yeah they were not mentioned in this article but barcelona was so you gotta think um they maybe, got they maybe got madrid slipping. Mm-hmm. um but i think we can move on um to another piece of news coming out of the mls this week um so Jeff Carlisle of ESPN reported on San Diego gaining momentum to become the 30th club in the MLS. Uh, so this is obviously going not sorry, not San Diego, but there will be a 30th team announced. Uh, Don Garber said at the beginning of this year that he expects to make that announcement at some point in 2023. So we will be awaiting that. So I just wanted to pose the question of some of these cities that have been thrown out there, who we think we want this team to go to. And sort of all of the stuff going on with relocation amongst other sports and and expansion in the MLS. So I I, I listed some cities. Feel free to uh, take from that or just throw throw anything out you want. Yeah, I you know I really think um, you know Madrid and Barcelona played in Vegas. Um, Anyways, I kind of think yeah. Vegas. I know Landon Donovan's doing his thing and um, San Diego. But what are some of your guys' takes? I'm going to do Tulsa Athletic. No, I'm joking. FC Tulsa. Why not? They're USL. They could come up. We need an Oklahoma team. Yeah, that yeah. used to be uh, that used to be our USL team. So Orlando City, Tulsa, the Swope Park Rangers. 
So. Yeah, so um, as far as Las Vegas goes, I, I really don't want Las Vegas to happen. Um, I think, one, the Oakland A's relocating sort of hurts that in terms of total expansion and market within Las Vegas sports scene itself. Uh, we saw uh, the Las Vegas Knights hockey team, uh, so the Raiders, and now the Oakland A's all moving to Las Vegas, as well as the Las Vegas Aces and the WNBA. Um, a lot of teams are moving there. Uh, and then as far as this rumor about San Diego, I'm not wild about San Diego either. And this is just from a geographical and sort of and, um, and attendance average within the USL. I believe they're outside the top 10 in the USL. I'm not sold on them like deserving a team. I don't think Landon Donovan has the pull that uh, David Beckham does to get like a Miami team started and going in San Diego. And I'm not all that thrilled that San Diego would be the 30th team. Um, willing to throw out some other options uh, as we continue to talk about this, but he- want to hear what others think, uh, Mike, about maybe San Diego or Las Vegas, which seem to be the two favorites. It'll probably be Las Vegas. Money yeah. talks. Uh, Memphis 901. Let's yeah. go. That w- I think that'd be a fun one. Um, and if I'm not mistaken, I believe they're the top. Oh, nope. Sorry. I, I am mistaken. I was thinking of Louisville. They're the top attendance grabber in the USL. Yeah. I um, Also, I think there's just a lot of teams in that area. San Diego is number three in the West. I know Sac Republic was in line for um, the MLS expansion. Yes. Um, but so, I think money kind of fell through. Yeah, they had an ownership group change, and Don Garber pretty much said, you're not getting an expansion team. So yeah. as, as as much as I think they are deserving of a team and think they should, that is pretty much an impossibility at this point, which sucks also for the fans of San Francisco, or San Sacramento, who they like kind of announced it before disallowing the goal, I guess. Um which has to be heartbreaking for the people of SAC. Yeah, um, I actually know their uh, their announcer. Uh, but anyways, I um, I know when Messi was in Miami, um, they've kind of even talked that they need to do like a Beckham deal. Um, you know, give them a hotel. They've even talked about like expansion side. Um, so anyway. Yeah. Yeah, and he's getting offered four hundred million right now. So not too bad. Yeah. So you give him a hotel. Well, <laughs> that's like all it takes. Of, so when I heard about the hotel, I had to do it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I was like, MLS at a hotel, that's a deal. Buy one, get Expan- one free. <laughs> expansion team, the hotels around it, yeah. stuff like that. So Yeah. Um some other ones I would just want to throw out there. I would love to see a Tampa team form again. Obviously one of the original teams in the MLS. Uh, they draw good numbers in the USL. That would be a fun one. Yeah. yeah. Um, however they want to rebrand that, I think that would be fun. Um, and then I wanted to throw out something crazy um, that I think would be a really fun and cool uh, place for a soccer team, and that would be the Spokane uh, Cordelli, uh metro region in eastern Washington and northern Idaho. Uh, it got a metro population of around 500,000. And I think it'd bring a, a good fourth team up there in the uh, Cascadia Cup, and I think that'd be real fun geographically. 
is there is there a USL team up there? Oh, uh, they just so they had to build a new stadium and will be getting a USL uh, two team, oh, which God. is a third division, which I think would also line up great. Uh, they could move them over to the MLS next and just be their academy team. Um, and they that team will start next year, I believe, for the region. Yeah, I think you know I would love to see something in Phoenix. Uh, Phoenix Rising seventh in the West, um, and I believe they're undefeated when they do dollar beer nights and right. their whole existence. That's so funny. Which I, be- they, I believe they do it once a year, so we might need to get down for That's that. That's some good analytics, right yeah. there. Yeah, they. I mean, they should really do it more often. It seems like. Yeah, I think you know the whole like Phoenix, New Mexico area needs some love. Oh, that's a good one. So, Albuquerque, New yeah. Mexico United. They're a great poll in the USL too. Yeah. They're ninth in the USL. And I want to think of fun names, too. Like the Idaho team can be like the Potato Eaters. Yeah, yeah. I feel like... Uh, There's a ton of people moving in Boise, too. Yeah, Boise so. wouldn't be bad. Um, yeah, it's a little farther uh, for like teams like Seattle or Vancouver, which is why I, I went with this uh, sort of duel. It's, I mean, this also... Spokane is very uh prone to tourism so i also felt like they would have an infrastructure there to handle uh vegas is in 12th uh last place in the west in the championship yikes someone sent me a stadium they're building in hawaii let's get a hawaii team that would be cool that'd be a lot of flight time yeah i don't think teams would like it i don't yeah i don't think the owners would like that but that's their home field advantage (laughs) yeah everyone's tired when they get off the plane um got you yeah but um so we we look forward to seeing what the 30th club is going to be this year and um yeah well, when I, it when it does come to idaho i won't i'll be the first to say i told you so but yeah you know we gotta get 40 or 50 teams in here and get some relegation going so yeah that'd be uh, that'd be cool um so I think we're going to move on to one of our last segments another recurring one our scrap of the week um anyone want to kick this one off I can go ahead. I, um, you know, just kind of no comment from the owners, you know, everywhere else where people are struggling. It seems like you're hearing from GM, the owner, stuff like that. And, you know, we basically see Vermees and that's it. So even the Blue Testament was talking about it. You know, can they talk to Jake Reed, stuff like that. Um, My friend's house that I was at on Saturday. So he used to help out Jake Reed all the time at um, apparel store, and he was like trying to say something to him. He's like, I tried to say something to him when we're out, and he's just like, get out of here. So, yeah. Damn. Yeah, that's rough. Uh, rough interaction for Jake Reed, but uh, I'll go ahead and throw mine out there. This is a week late. This is from week nine. Uh, the Earth Day kits sucked. I did not like them. It also made it very hard to watch the games. Multiple times throughout watching, I forgot who I was watching. Because every team was wearing the exact same two jerseys, and I would lose track flipping back and forth. Like, oh shit, what game am I watching right now? I literally don't know. But you know, I guess also not very environmentally friendly to uh, produce a jersey for one game then throw it away. But you know, whatever you want to do, Adidas. Yeah, I'm gonna make my scrap about the cauldron, the situations of people. I don't know. It's like. The crazy fan section. They should be able to yell what they want and, like, people trying to silence and just... Yeah. I'm yeah. glad I wasn't in the cauldron Saturday night. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, uh, that's, yeah. The whole I, silent thing is uh, stupid. Oh, I think uh, a second scrap. I think I may have mentioned this once. I was out at a bar on Saturday. Um, I did pop over to social again, and again the bartenders had no idea what was going on, despite being designated as an official watch bar. Just like, come on. You need to talk if you're gonna put it in the email. Yeah, just come on. Like I'm, I'm, I'm ordering a drink. You should know what the drink is. Don't ask me what's in the drink. I don't fucking know what's in the drink. Okay, it's on. It's the special. I'll drink anything. Just give me the goddamn drink, you know. But um, anyway, uh, so I think that about covers it for what we have this week. Um, at least what's going on in the MLS. Anything else anyone wanted to mention or anything going on in their own personal soccer lives? Oh, 11's team finally won. We did a practice, did some rondos, finishing, and we uh, took a victory, first one of the year, so I felt good. Uh, scored a goal. I believe it's pronounced Ronaldo. But... couple assists. No, no, Rondo. <laughs> Thank he's, you. A, he's a player, but yeah. good try. <laughs> you're in a circle and you pass. Okay, anyway, <laughs> Mike, do you know what place you're in? Uh, I don't, but let's look it up and let everyone know. I'm just joking. Probably like third or fourth. <laughs> yeah. But we're on we're on the upswing, and then uh, also learned that uh, we're gonna do a few more games up at Pembroke, so they uh, were able to give us a good deal. So we're gonna be putting yeah. those in a uh, little pickup uh, apps, so we can play at another nice field. So that's exciting news. And what else? That's about it. Kirby, you got anything going on soccer wise? No, man. I uh, oh, I, I showed up to Mike's uh, thing yeah. on Friday night. People saw that I was warming up. They're a little bit scared. Yeah, and, uh, that was about it. I said, "Hey, I'll see you guys later." <laughs> yeah, Christian likes to scare the pickup players with his size and yeah. Uh, they, they know what I'm capable of. Yeah, academy bravado. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. This past Wednesday, uh, my team lost about I don't know fourteen nothing. The game started off. Uh, defender commits a foul. They get a penalty. I stop the penalty. They get the rebound. My defense is nowhere to be found. I like look up. This attacker is just on their own. I'm like, where the hell is anyone right now? And that sort of set the tone. Uh, the second half, I just stopped like moving pretty much. Uh, it's like, I'm not diving for anything. I'm not really going to run. And then uh, last night, not a highlight. This is the first time I've been like chipped in like five years. Oh, shit. I did. I totally, I haven't like ever thought about it in forever. So I'm like, you know, you know they're not going to fucking try to chip me. Uh, they got it. <laughs> I was like, I just turned around and looked over. And I was like, ah, damn, tough well, thing to do. Very nice. Yeah, I was like, oh, good shot. Can't can't be mad about that. Yeah, but you always know you're in trouble when one of your midfielders is like, save us, Jackson. <laughs> yeah, yeah. When it comes down to like a one on one, it's like, all right, well, y'all kind of fuck that one up. So, <laughs> <laughs> you know, if they if they chip me, they chip me, I guess. So after a fourteen zero loss, will you be firing your coach? Uh, like I wish we could if we had a coach. Yeah, it's just crazy um, how quickly it moves overseas because relegation and mm-hmm. so much money on Changes the line. Changes the dynamic. And, yeah. You know, freaking Tottenham's sixth place, and they've had three coaches. Uh, Chelsea's had a few too, haven't they? Well, yeah. they're horrible. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so. Yeah, but they spend money, so. Yeah. Who's worse, Tottenham or Chelsea? Oh, Tottenham. But, I mean. Did you it, see how they lost last weekend, by the way? I did not. I saw. So yeah. Liverpool, right? They score a, uh, an equalizer in injury time to tie it up 3-3. Like, big, like, we did it. We came back. And then they conceded a goal <laughs> 15 seconds later yeah. to lose. Yeah, that's oh, so Watch the that. uh, YouTube highlights. And yeah. then Klopp goes over to, like, the assistant manager. It looks like he's got some hamstring problems. 
Oh, yeah. There you go. Yeah. Um, yeah. But if you read the article last week, you'll know I don't like Tottenham. Uh, but that, that was good. That's that's good to know that they lost in a heartbreaking way. Uh, but anyway, I think that's all we have uh, for this Match Day 10 recap here on the Two Half Soccer Podcast. So stay tuned, and we'll be back next week to you know bring this invaluable insight that we bring to each MLS Match Day. Peace out.